This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. This week's guest is Matt Daniels. Matt is a trail and ultra runner as well as a coach. Matt has run a sub four minute mile and this summer he's taking on the hundred mile distance for the first time at Western States after coming from a track and short distance background. Talk about range. Matt spent three years stationed in Japan with the U.S. Navy. After that, he returned stateside to run for a division two running powerhouse where he truly sharpened his speed and ran that sub four minute mile. Over the next few years, he found himself loving the trails after moving to Boulder, which is where we recorded this podcast. We talked about the dangers of comparison and sticking to your own path especially in a town like Boulder, where the running joke is that Boulder average means having a shoe sponsor. Toward the end, we talked a little bit about mental strength and Matt's experience with battling depression and how running helped to bring the joy back into his life. I hope you enjoy our chat. Welcome back. I am here in Boulder, Colorado with Matt Daniels. Matt, thanks for uh, thanks for joining today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's nice to see you here in Boulder. For sure. It's nice to be here. Uh, it's a beautiful 80 degree day and it's been nice. Uh, there was some snow earlier in the week and, uh, and it's just gorgeous out there. Yeah. I was lucky to, lucky enough to miss the snow while I was out at the, uh, Western States training camp, but, um, it's a pleasant surprise to come back to the 80 degree weather. Nice. You want to give a little intro on, on who you are and we'll jump right into it. Yeah. So I'm Matt Daniels, um, Nike trail runner and, um, you know, just, uh, just qualified for Western States 100 and, um, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much it <laughs> nice so you mentioned you're at the western states uh training camp yep. um what was it like being there uh, getting on the course you know with all the history that it has with so many amazing athletes that were out there with you yeah it was cool the the first night being there was a real like kind of awesome wake-up call um we went on a little a little group run in, in town in auburn with some people and uh you know, first person I see there was Tim Tweetmeyer, who's won western states so many times and um and then you know we see the race director and um, a bunch of other, you know, famous people. The house we have staying in was right across the street from Ann Trayson's house. Like, it was just, you know, so much history and excitement in such a short period of time. And, um, yeah, it was a really fun week. It's nice. Like getting excited for the race. Have you been to Auburn before? That was the first time. Yeah, first time out on the trails, first time in Auburn. Um, yeah, I couldn't ask for a better week. Nice. And you and Hayden did a nice little long run uh, on the last, what, 16 to 20 of that course? Yeah, so we actually, um, I guess the whole week we, we had... Um, kind of we got to go over pretty much all the the whole course except for the first 30 miles and uh yeah we we did the last 16 miles um probably the second day second or third day we were out there and then um and then from there the last three days of the camp we covered uh, basically from mile 31 to the finish of the course so got to see a lot of it nice um i love the run from from uh no hands bridge to the finish i did that um back in 
I don't know, a few months ago. Yeah. But I couldn't I couldn't believe how how much climbing there was in the last 15 miles. Yeah, it's insane. It's uh it's a nice break from what you have in the middle of the course, right. the canyons and stuff, but uh yeah, there's definitely one last punch uh from basically from not mile or you know, from No Hands Bridge to mile 99. You have a pretty good little climb. There. Yeah, and then you get on the roads and it's it's punchy uphills. Yeah, yep, yeah. <laughs> you go uphill for about 3 quarters of a mile and then you get a nice little uh little downhill onto the track. So. Nice. Yeah. What are you thinking about when you're doing when you're doing a a race preview like that? Yeah, a lot of it. Um, you doing visualization? A little bit. I think um, more than anything, I was just trying to really enjoy my time out there. I was trying not to have any negative thoughts come in. Uh, you know, even just on an easy training run, like I was covered in poison oak, it was <laughs> pouring down rain a few of the days, but I just kept trying to find something to be excited about and something to be positive about. That way. Um, I could have that good energy when I'm re- repeating on the course uh, later in the later stages of the race here in a month. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of just like really enjoying the, being around the people I was with and, you know, taking note of certain things on the course. And yeah, just a lot of learning. Cool. And you guys yeah. saw a bear? Oh, yeah. Massive bear. And then probably, <laughs> probably not even, uh, you know, 400 meters up, up the trail um, was one of the biggest snakes I've ever seen on a trail right after that. So yeah, it was like, uh, checking out the Auburn zoo for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you see something like that on the trail? I, I was out this morning running with a friend and he was like, yeah, uh, you just jump over a snake. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, snakes, uh, don't really bother me too much cause I see them a lot here in Boulder, but, um, and I've seen plenty of bears, but not one the size that we saw. <laughs> and luckily, uh, Hayden, um, was running a little bit ahead of me at the, at the time we kind of crested this hill and and come around a turn and he was just face to face, maybe five to 10 feet away from it. And then the bear saw me come up and obviously got super frightened and ran off. So it must've been all those mustaches that you guys are wearing. Yeah, been. <laughs> so what, what's up with the, what's up with the mustache? Yeah. So I, uh, I shaved it off after, um, after black canyons and then grew out a beard for a while and then, um, shaved the beard down and, had a mustache and totally butchered it when I was trimming it <laughs> like a rookie mistake. And so as we do, I, I'm in the process of regrowing it, just shaved the, the beard back down. So I, I got a, a mustache in a month, month to get it cleaned up for, uh, for Western. <laughs> nice. I ran, um, I ran Providence marathon with a mustache as well. And, and I think half the fun of having a mustache is like taking yourself not too seriously oh, for sure, and, and just having a good time and, and surprising yourself when you look in the mirror. Yep, absolutely. And that was one thing, um, we we were kind of joking around at the, at the Western States camp about, and uh, Tim Tweetmeyer was actually like, it's you know, it's power of the stash. You got to have the mustache. And I was debating all week if I was gonna actually grow one back out for for the race, and that was uh that was a convincing moment. <laughs> there we go. What do the next few weeks look like? Yeah, a lot of um, you know, just kind of the same old, same old with with training. I'm not gonna be changing up too much. Um, I have a few more longer runs, uh, maybe like kind of a back to back weekend. What but, What is the biggest weekend you have leading up to a hundred miler? Um, I think in I think probably this last week uh, during the training camp was the biggest. I think goes around a hundred miles in six days. Um, you know, I, I've been training pretty conservatively. I, I think a lot of people know. Um, I'm going to be prepared for Western, but I'm not going all in this year. It's going to be a learning experience. And, um, and David's done really well with kind of keeping me, um, toned back a little bit and, and, um, uh, excited about what's, what can come in the next few years as well. So I think from now on, I'll probably be in the like, you know, 80 to a hundred mile range for a few weeks and then we'll start to taper down. Do you think being a coach yourself helps with that? Yeah, it does. I think more than anything, um, I get to, 
you know, when you're coaching athletes, you, you see these patterns and, and you see what works with certain athletes and what doesn't work with certain athletes. And, um, trying to apply that to yourself is really hard, but, um, that's, you know, why I have such a great coach like, like David Roach. And so, um, but it does help getting to, to think about those things while I'm out on a run and, and kind of, um, you know, I, I tend to be able to, to hold back a little bit knowing, you know, knowing the patterns that I've seen coaching other athletes and stuff through the same thing. What are some of the, the lessons or, or things that you keep reminding yourself that are sometimes hard to accept as an athlete, but that you know, as a coach, like this is right. You got to do it. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's been just simply slowing down a little bit. I come from a road and track background where, you know, most of your days need to be high quality. Uh, and I think when you get on the trails and you're beating yourself up with vert and a lot of extra mileage and, your races are a lot longer. You just, you simply got to slow down a bit to recover in between, in between those big days. And it seems silly. There's a hundred, you know, 101 things that, um, that I could be thinking about or needing to do. But, uh, yeah, I think that that's been the biggest game changer for me. And something I need to keep reminding myself throughout training is just to simply slow down a little bit. For sure. On that note. So you run up a sub four minute mile. What is it about the longer distance versus the speed that, that, um, gets you excited these days? Yeah, um, I think it's just something different. I've always, uh, my whole running career, I've wanted to do something inspiring. So, um, you know, when I was in college, I, I wanted to be a really good cross-country runner as, as well as being a sub-four-minute miler. And and uh, now that I've gotten that, that sub-four-minute mile, I you know, it's just intriguing to see how well can I do at these ultra distances and can I, you know, um, be competitive and elite um, at the 100-mile even and, and see where that can take me. And, you know, who knows after that, what's, what's next. But, uh, that's kind of what it is. It's, it's just, uh, kind of a, a fire of inspiration. What is it about the hundred mile distance or the hundred K or, or things that are longer than most people will run, you know, in a year, um, that, that intrigues you? Um, I think just the challenge it's, you know, for so long I went after time on the, on the track and you're, you're chasing standards and trying to qualify for Olympic trials and things like that. And, and, um, now, you know, hundred mile distance is, you know, it's, it, it's really a hard thing to comprehend when you're just kind of sitting down and thinking that's what you got to cover in a race. And, um, for me, it's not so much the distance, it's more, um, being out in the mountains and on the trails and something completely different than just the, the clockwork of going around a track in circles. Right. Um, yeah, I think that that's, what's most exciting about it. Cool. What got you out the door on your first run? Oh gosh, first uh, for the trails? No, just in general. First yeah. run in general. Um, I think field day in in elementary <laughs> school. I, I wanted to to do well in the distance run, and so uh, yeah, I I, uh, I got excited about that, and I remember going out on a few little short training runs, and yeah, kind of going from there. <laughs> nice. And uh, as you as you were growing up, what are some of the um, you know lessons that you learned by making mistakes along the way? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it, and it, this comes with like anything, you know, just failing over and over again at certain things. Like I, I was very fortunate when I first started running to have success immediately, but that success doesn't always, um, come in. Like it, it's not always there year in and year out. Like I've had years that have been awful where I've dropped out of probably 80% of my races and I've had years where I've won probably 80 to 90% of my races. And so I think just, um, one thing my parents had, had taught me was just to, um, to keep enjoying the process and, and, um, staying determined and knowing that you, you know, it's, 
you, you can always get better if you just keep at it and keep trying and um, not really ever fully giving up on it. If you need to take a break and a step back, fine, that's that's good. But, uh, you know, it's always going to be there and um, don't give up when, when it's going bad. That makes sense. Yeah. What's it like racing on the Nike Trail team? I know there are quite a few personalities and, <laughs> and fun people on that team. Do you get to see them a lot? Is it, you know, what what's that what's that vibe like? Yeah, it's great. We're, I mean, it's it's a pretty like family like atmosphere. I, I must say, um, we're lucky enough here in Boulder to have um, quite a few Nike Trail athletes between uh, Chris Mako, Andy Wacker, um, Addy Bracy, and Corey Connor. We all live here in the Boulder area, so we get to see each other pretty often. And I think I'm even going to meet uh, Mako for happy hour tonight, maybe and talk about some Western State stuff. But uh, it's cool. And then you know when we go to other races, um, Nike's been really supportive, and they're there a lot of the times. And um, yeah, the product development team gets to come in town, stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, it's people you haven't seen in a year, but you see them right away and it's like your best friend. It's really a pretty cool team to be a part of. That's awesome. And there'll be a bunch of them racing uh, this year? Yep. Yeah, there'll be quite a few of us. I think we got um, maybe six or seven athletes there. Cool. Yeah. Will uh, will a few more of them be pacing? What What is, what's uh, what's your crew like this year for Western States? Yeah, so I'm sure there'll be uh, a big Nike contingent out there helping out and everything. Maybe they may even have the Winnebago out there if anybody's going to be interested in checking that out. But um, as far as my crew goes, I'm going to have um, Joshua Stevens, who he um, he runs for, for Ultra, good friend of mine from here in Boulder. He's going to be out there um, kind of as the leader of the crew, and he'll be helping out. He's got um, Badwater and Leadville this year, so he's got a, a stacked summer. It'll be fun for him. And then um got Hayden Hawks who's going to help pace me, and then um, my wife, Lauren, and my mom and dad, and then uh, I got one of my best friends growing up uh, is coming out from Texas to, to be there and hang out as well. So I got a good crew. It'll be fun. Cool. What are you looking forward to most about standing on that start line? Uh, I think just, you know, you watch all these videos and everything, and, um, and you know, it's dark, and there's just, but, and everybody's just like barely getting up, and, you know, you have 100 miles in front of you, but there's this weird buzz and excitement. Every video you watch, uh, you can kind of just feel it, and I'm I'm really looking forward to just like standing there and just being a part of that the most. I don't, it's you know, it's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, have you been? Have you spectated before? Never, not Western States. No, yeah, actually, I don't think I've spectated a full hundred. <laughs> so this will be first. It's a it's a, such a cool atmosphere, and and it just brings the best people out. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> the uh, the Olympic Village is is something special in the in the few day, few days leading up to it. Um. So you come to it with a bit of an advantage because you live here at, at you know five thousand plus feet. Um, what what sort of other things will you be doing to prepare from a course specific standpoint? Whether it's the heat, whether it's you know being up at eight thousand feet, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I'll definitely be doing um, some sort of sauna um, protocol over the next two or three weeks. I've we've been pretty lucky minus today it's been pretty cool here in boulder um so it's been nice for training but it's also you know you want to get in a little bit right. of training as well so i'll be doing that to get acclimated um and then I, I do a lot of my longer runs and workouts up a little bit higher elevation so usually between seven and nine thousand feet i'll probably keep doing that just um to help with um you know building blood volume and and staying fit that way I, and that's usually where i can chase a lot of vert too and really beat up the legs western states is a course where it seems like you're either going up or going down on a lot of it um is not, not any like huge huge climbs but um a lot of long descending and um that's going to require me to just pretty much trash the legs for a couple of weeks and so 
yeah, I'll be doing a lot of that. Cool. What do you do after a, a particularly tough session like that? Um, I'll recover with um, you, the my nutrition company, Unived, that I run for. Um, they have a really nice recovery drink, so I, I'll I usually down that and then sit around, elevate the legs, and relax. Uh, do a lot of my coaching on the, from the couch and uh, eating a ton of food. David always has me uh, try and eat a cheeseburger or pizza right after. I'm sure you're very well aware of, but Five Guys is my go-to. So nice. Yeah, I remember my four, first four-hour run. He he uh, put on the log, eat lots of fun food. Yep. I think I had like three uh, three three um, uh, pizza personal yeah. pizzas that day. It was a good day uh, out in Vermont. Um, what, what do you, what do you do in terms of like accessory work, mobility work? What are you doing outside of running to, to support, you know, 80 to a hundred plus miles a week? Yeah. You know, um, my athletes are going to kill me for saying this. I don't do a whole lot to be honest with you. I found for me personally, the more, um, additional like stretching and, and mobility work that I do, the more injured I end up for for whatever reason mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, this is close to 20 years of running. I have gone back and forth with, with um, working on this. I do, you know, push-ups and pull-ups every now and then and core work and that sort of thing. And then I'll do some gentle stretching and a lot of foam rolling. But that's a, that's about it. I don't, um, I don't do a whole lot of extra stuff. I get a lot of my strength work and mobility work in the mountains on technical trails here in Boulder. We're really fortunate that... Um, when you go out on a run here, you're not just running on kind of an even plane. You're, you're jumping over rocks and this and that. And so, uh, has seemed to keep me fairly healthy, knock on wood. So cool. Well, speaking of your athletes, um, someone named David wants to know, is David Lamb your favorite athlete? (laughs) Oh, I don't have favorites, but, uh, (laughs) David is great. (laughs) He's, uh, I met David out at, um, out at the Woodside Ramble, um, 50 K in California this past winter. And, uh, yeah, we just had an awesome connection. He's a, he's a great guy. And, uh, a lot of good stuff to come from him. He's gonna he's gonna be a good athlete. Yeah, for sure. He's he is a funny guy. Um, what are some of the things that you you've learned um, after getting into the trail running uh, side of things that perhaps might have had some carryover um, when you were when you were running on the track or running shorter distances? Um, you know, I think patience with you know, that goes same from the track to the trails and trails to the track. I think patience has been the biggest thing. And, um, you can't rush training and trying to be good at something. It's taken me, I I started this trail running journey in 2016 after the Olympic trials. And it's taken me until now to kind of be, um, at least close to where I want to be, um, fitness wise and competitive wise. And so, um, just being patient, trusting, trusting the process and, um, yeah, just sticking to the grind because it's it's a long one <laughs> for sure. Speaking of the grind, um, what what do you do when things get physically challenging in a race? You know, I, I mean, I guess I kind of go through a different whole thought um, thought process of things, but um, just finding things to to be positive about and happy about. You know, that that's really tough to do in the middle of a hundred k or fifty miler. Luckily, I haven't had too many. Um, issues at the longer distances yet with that, which I'm sure Western will be a whole nother. <laughs> You'll <race>. have your <laughs> chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, a few of the mountain races I've done, I've, I've hit some pretty, pretty low points and we're talking, these are only 30 K races or marathon distance races. And, um, you know, when things get really tough, I just tend to realize where I'm at. Like I'll look around and be like, well, I'm in the middle of the Swiss Alps. Like how can I be too pissed off right, <laughs> right. now? Yeah. It's so, pretty yeah. sweet. Um, you know, finding things like that or thinking about your family and, and, you know, we just got a puppy. So I'll, probably 
thoughts of my puppy will be it's in my head. It's a very cute know, puppy. Things like that, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of different things you can do to, to get out of that funk. Cool. So we're sitting here in Boulder. Um, there are, I don't know, tens of thousands of elite athletes in this town. Maybe that's, you know, plus or minus You're a few. Right. <laughs> but something like that. Um, I was I was chatting with Kat Bradley earlier today, and she said Boulder Average is having a shoe sponsor. <laughs> Or, you know, running a 33-minute 10K or, or something like that. Like, right. that's average for this town. What's it like being a part of that, um, you know, being a part of that community where you walk down the street and, and there are people that, you know, have Olympic gold medals and they're, you know, all ranges of athletes, all types of athletes um, at at the highest of high levels? Yeah, it's cool. It's... um. You know, Boulder's a, a funny place because of that. Uh, you know, this is the only place you can be walking down the street and, you know, or going to a gym, for instance. You can go into a rally and um, you're standing next to six people who have been in the Olympics and two of them have gold medals. It's just, it's a weird... <laughs> it's weird know. that they wear the medals all the <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> I don't know what's go. up with that. Maybe it's the weighted vest training <laughs> style. Uh, but, yeah, the first... When I first moved to Boulder, when I realized um, I was in a special place was I was working at Boulder Running Company and, um, we, you know, we have tons of different events and stuff there and you know i was coming out of college and i was you know pretty happy thinking i was a good runner i'd just broken four in the mile and i was talking to somebody at, at one of the events and we were talking about that and he was like oh yeah that's you know that's nothing special <laughs> um let me name all the sub four minute milers cool, that bro. i know here in Boulder. Yeah. <laughs> and i mean the list was 20 plus people and you know we're talking i don't even know in the u.s if there's probably been what 500 people that have right. broken four minutes in, in Boulder alone, we have, I don't know, maybe 50 of them here living and it's incredible. It's really cool. So, so how do you, how do you balance like not the, not comparing yourself to other people? I, and, and I asked that, um, not just about Boulder, but social media, Strava, things like that. How do you, how do you stick to your guns and, and stick to your own training and, and not fall victim to the comparison game? Um, I, I, for a long time, that was uh, that was part of my problem. I think I would get on social media or Strava and I'd see what somebody else did, and I'd have to go one up them. And um, I wish I could say that, like, by myself, I was able to um, change that thought process. But it wasn't really until I I had uh, David as a coach. I mean, I could sit here all day and and, and praise <laughs> David. I mean, he's he's really changed my outlook, and um, you know, just telling you know telling me that. No matter what I'm doing, it, I'm I'm perfect basically, and no matter how I'm training or if I'm injured and I'm sitting on the couch eating potato chip, chips, I'm the best person in the world. You know, just having that thought process and um, really helped me just not care too much about what other people are doing. I, I get excited when, like last year, I saw Jim Walmsley break the the record at Western States, and I was like, oh, that'd be something really cool to do in a few years. You know, go after that record or something. And um, and and I think about things like that, but I don't get caught up in what Walmsley's doing every day or every week in, on Strava. I don't even I'll randomly see something he does and give him some kudos, and that's pretty that's pretty much the extent of it. Um, but I think I'm doing it, you know, for myself and for my family, and and I want to inspire other people. And um, it's not it's also you know it's not I'm not doing this to make a point or prove something. It's uh, it's to you know, make running a better, um, better sport and up the, up the ante a little bit. And so when you're, uh, 
you know, when you're competing against people that are throwing down crazy things, it's, it, it is, it's really easy to get caught up in it, but David helps a lot with just, uh, holding me back and keeping me in my own little world. Yeah. I feel like this, this stretch of podcasting has been the David Roche, uh, uh, tour yeah. or the fan club tour. And, and I say that half joking, half seriously, but the approach that, that he takes and that Megan takes with swap is, not revolutionary, but it's different than what most people are thinking. Most people are caught up in, and I was when I when I joined Swap, caught up in numbers and caught up in beating your PR and beating, uh, you know, signing up for a race and training for sixteen weeks and and crushing it and then having post race blues and then not knowing what to do and blah blah blah, like my my recent marathon only came up like six weeks prior because Dave was like. Hey, you're fit. Want to go celebrate that? And like, it's just like a, and then I hit my goal that I had been chasing for four years. And, and it's just like a totally different approach. And I think that, um, I think it's incredible. And, and so how, how do you then take that and apply it to the athletes you coach, you know, the, the posting you do on social media, the, the persona that you have through social media, things like that. How do you, how do you take that? vibe i guess and and share it with the world yeah well first off my social media um <laughs> is pretty terrible I'm, I'm i'm i need to be a little bit better about um posting Just more dog more puppy but yeah i've gotten that a lot more puppy <laughs> pics is where it's gonna be at but um hey, that's how you get all the likes <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah as far as um applying that to my own athletes i i have i've i've taken um everything i've i've learned from from david and megan and i've, I've applied it to my own coaching and and it's made a big difference. You're right. It's falling in. It's really easy to fall into that dark rabbit hole of metrics and data and and getting too caught up in what you've done and what you want to do and looking at the numbers. I mean, at the end of the day, like numbers, numbers are are important and data is important. But leave that up to the to the coach to worry about and look at. If if you're not enjoying getting out there, like if you can't go on a run without a watch and enjoy it, you don't need to be doing it. And David taught me that. I mean, I remember at one point he was like, let's go out and let's let's run without a watch for a week and just get back to kind of loving yourself and loving running. And, and What was that first there, run like? Yeah, it was it was freeing. I, I, I didn't realize I, I was in a, a cage, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, a Garmin can be a dangerous, dangerous thing. And the same with Strava. And so I'll, I'll have my athletes do that every now and then when I see them really struggling with like comparing a workout with two weeks ago. With, but what they don't realize is, you know, they also like had a really busy work week and that could have been affecting the workout and stuff like that, that, um, the coach sees the athlete sometimes doesn't always understand is happening. Um, so really just trying to teach that, um, like, let me as the coach worry about the numbers and the metrics and I'll tell you, you know, you'll see it in training when things are changing. Um, but go out and enjoy the process and enjoy being out there because, um, yeah, that's why we, we should do it to begin with. For sure. Um, are you on a weekly rest day? I am, of course. Yeah. Um, and some, uh, a weekly rest day and then, uh, another day that's really super chill. Volume, yeah. Super chill. Um, I think that's been really, uh, a game changer for me too. So. Yeah. It's fascinating to hear that, that athletes at your level, you know, running 80 to hundred miles a week are still taking rest days Yeah. and, and amateurs that are running, you know, 50 miles a week or 40 miles a week are running seven days a week. Um, I had a stretch of a couple of years where I was doing a rest day every like three or four weeks and I was 
progressing, but never racing well. And for the last year and a half, I've had like a, a consistent Monday rest day and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a real thing, but I like to think of it as cellular reconstruction. It's a, it's a day where everything just repairs itself right. and gets better and whether it's actually happening or not, um, thinking that and yeah. allowing you to positive thought yeah so you ate the night before <laughs> i mean it makes a big difference you may feel a little sluggish the the next day on your your run out but your workout crush wednesday that wednesday awesome. yeah yeah you know um i think it's a really important day and if anything mentally and to spend some time with your family or you know whoever else you're close to um just having that 24 hours is really important for sure and part of part of the rationale i think is that for a lot of people mondays are the most stressful days from a work perspective right my Mondays are filled with meetings and sometimes I eat lunch at two o'clock and things like that. So let's talk about the progression from, uh, track to, to ultra running. Um, a lot of times people, I I feel like people sign up for an ultra and they just pile on miles and then they get injured. And then that's that. How did you go from running in high school and college and, and post collegiate to running the, the kind of volume you're doing now. Yeah. In, in actually probably the, the peak of my mileage in training was while well, I was in college at Adams state, I was, um, getting upwards to 130 to 140 miles a week. And, um, that was while also living at 7,500 feet in Alamos to Colorado. So well, it was, it was pretty heavy, intense training. And then, um, when I graduated college, I, I moved out here to Boulder and started training for, um, for the Olympic tri- or to try and make the Olympic trials for the marathon and, um, got qualified for that. And I think I overdid it a bit. Um, I was doing again, 130 to 140 miles a week, but the intensity wasn't as crazy as it was in college, but probably a bit too much going into a marathon. And, um, and so after that, I, I decided to give trail running a, a try just to do something new and freshen it up a bit. And, um, yeah, Addie Bracey, um, Hayden Hawks, and Andy Wacker and I went out to Loon Mountain to run the um, U.S. Mountain Running Champs, and all found ourselves qualifying for the world team that year. And That's so, a gnarly race. It was, yeah, it, it, it was a crazy one. And I, you know, I remember getting there and looking at that that last climb on the course. Thing, yeah, and like what have I, you know, crap, what have I gotten myself <laughs> into? Um, it's like like five miles straight uphill, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, there's a, a little bit of an area that flattens out but then yeah you're running over rocks there though right yeah rocks and um ski slopes i think the last uh the last kilometer of the course is all at 30 it's an average grade of 37 percent. so you're climbing a lot yeah <laughs> what do you what what what's your favorite kind of trail running is it something like that is it something runnable like western states is it uh yeah. what is it i like you know i, I like a, a lot of variety i think right now i'm i'm really enjoying those like flowy fun trails where i can just kind of open up and use the leg speed i do have i don't you know i don't know how much leg speed you can truly use in a hundred mile race but <laughs> getting being able to get down under seven seven minute miles in, in the middle of a hundred is fun um at least i think it's going to be fun <laughs> it was fun during 100k and yeah. so um yeah just those like really flowy trails that you're not climbing crazy amounts but you're not descending crazy amounts either cool yeah. so ian Sharman has an approach or a uh perspective where your your top speed doesn't quite matter as much as your minimal i forget how he explains it your your average lowest speed or or the people that are faster when they're going slow are going to do better over the course of of 100 miles how do you how do you practice 
the that endurance and and maximize the low end well, you've done a great job maximizing the high end how do right. you maximize that low, the end low end for the distance yeah um again like back to david's amazing coaching um we we get to go out and run together every now and then um most weekends we go out to this place called walker ranch outside of boulder here and um it's a nice eight mile loop with a lot of elevation elevation gain and then runnable trail as well and what we do is we'll run that loop, you know, three or four times, and um, part of it will be tempo effort, and then we'll go back into slow fat burning effort. And um, that sort of transition in the middle of a run has been a good way of training it. So I, I you know, I feel really comfortable at tempo effort, and then I feel really comfortable again going back to that kind of like what we low call and slow, all day yeah. effort. Yeah. Um, so a lot of just variation changing, and then you know, taking gels when you need to take gels and not, you know, taking them at certain points. A lot of strategic kind of, I guess the science of the sport kind of goes into it a little bit, bit more. But, um, I, you know, I got to talk to Ian a little bit at, at um, the Western States training camp, and I think he was definitely on onto something. Um, a lot of it is variant on the course and the conditions, but, I mean, it's proven well for him. He's been top 10 how many times? So Yeah, trying for 10 this year. Yeah. yeah. it's been It's been pretty cool to see. How do you feel about balance? Balance is something that people seem to be on either one side of the fence or the other, and no pun intended, obviously. Um, what's your What's your take on balance? I think it's important to have have balance. Um, you know, I, my whole life has been been running, and it's something I'm very very passionate about. But uh, I've also been able to really focus on ha- you know with doing things with my family or, um, you know, having balance with work and running and, and things like that. And, uh, I think if you don't have some sort of balance, you're, you know, you're going to end up hating what you're doing. You can't just keep beating your head against the wall every day for one Expecting thing. Expecting something yeah, different to happen. Exactly. Um, what, what are some of the, the things that you wish you knew in 2015, 2016 that, that you've discovered about, trail running or the way that the sponsorship game works, things like that, that, um, that someone who's, who's maybe just getting into longer distance racing, um, outside of being patient, um, what are, what are some of the, the tips you might have for, for someone who's a little, a little newer than you are? I, I think, um, staying hungry. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of times where, I, you know, from 2015 to now I quit running twice and I wish, you know, if I hadn't quit for those eight month periods that who knows, you know, how much quicker I could have progressed, but staying hungry, um, when things do get, get rough because they're going to, and then, um, I think not worrying so much about sponsorships and, um, you know, trying to make money in this sport because there's not, there isn't a whole lot of money in this sport. You're, you're very lucky if you get to a position where you're able to make money doing this. Um, and that usually comes at a time when you're least worried about it so if you can find um you know find something that you're really passionate about that you can earn an, earn a nice income and still be able to train and really enjoy um enjoy the process of running then uh, it's all going to come together when when it needs to cool yeah. um do you do any mental training i think my whole life's been a, <laughs> a form of mental training yeah, <laughs> between uh some of the things that you know i went through in the navy and um some Sometimes of that, you know, battling depression, and then, um, and then that also goes for the same with the highs in life and having amazing 
years and, and times in my life where things have been great. I think, uh, I think all of that's been, uh, helpful for, for ultra running. The more experiences you have in life, the better ultra runner you're going to be, because that's all, um, a race over 50 K is just a, a series of ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, let's talk about the mental health side of things. Um, how does running play into that for you? Um, I think it's, you know, it's always been something I've enjoyed so much of even, um, when I have been at my darkest times, I've always found myself coming back to running and it's something I can just kind of get lost in, in my own thoughts, whether they're good or bad thoughts when I'm out on a trail or out on the road running, it's, everything seems okay. It's kind of like my, my safe place. I, I suppose, um, you know, a lot of people aren't fortunate enough to, to have something like that in their lives. And, um, I think it's, yeah, I think running plays a big part of my life and kind of keeping me level. Cool. Um, Rob Carr has been very vocal about mental health and men's health and, and, um, both awareness and really just sharing his own story. And I, I find that really amazing. Um, one of the things that he talks about is just feeling alive on the runs and, um, you know, he says, I think his Twitter bio is, is I run, I run a hundred miles for fun and, and go to a dark place and, or something like that. And, and it's the, it's that having that power where you're choosing the pain. Is that, is there some, do you feel that too? in in a way is, is Devin Yanko has talked about this too. Right. I do. I think um, a lot of it for me is running kind of gives me a sense of, of purpose, I, I suppose. it's um, When I'm out there doing it, I feel like I'm doing it for some reason I, I can't explain. It's, right. it's something I was, it was, a, it was sort of a calling, at, whether it's to inspire or, um, or if it was for myself, I, I don't know. But when I'm out running, I, I feel this, this purpose and, and reason to be doing it. And it kind of shuts off other other thoughts and other places that I am, um, when I'm, you know, outside of running. Have you spent a lot of time, have you spent time working with a therapist? Um, I did like right when I got out of the Navy, I probably, um, spent the most time working with a therapist. And, um, at that time in my life, uh, I was, you know, I was going through a lot, a lot of stuff and, and the therapy sessions helped, but I think what helped the most was my therapist telling me, Hey, go, you know, find something where you can like go exercise, you know, go lift weights or do you run or anything? I was like, yeah, I used to run. And, um, that's when I started, you know, picking up running again, quitting smoking and quitting drinking and everything just totally changed from there. And, um, yeah. So I think talking to somebody is great. It's a amazing, um, thing to have. And I like definitely suggest it, but, um, also, you know, finding reason for, for being out running for me and purpose is, has been big. Cool. Um, what are some of your, what are some of your favorite trails out here in in Boulder to to, to switch uh, switch things up a little bit? Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking about that earlier. Actually, I was for whatever reason <laughs> thought you were going to ask that. Um, there's a lot in Boulder, a lot of good good trails. Um, I love the the Walker Ranch Loop. I yeah, think that's uh, David and I's favorite place to to run and do some big workouts. I don't know when we'll ever get sick of it, but right now that's my favorite place here in Boulder. Um, that's right near their house, right? Uh, it's actually, it's kind of on the other side of Flagstaff Mountain. So oh, okay. yeah, it's kind of, I guess in between, but on the other side of the mountains there. And um, yeah, and then my favorite trails around here, I love going up to Evergreen, Colorado and running um, Bergen Peak or um, 
Evergreen Mountain. Those trails out there are awesome, and those are some of the first trails that got me into to really trail running. So yeah, have you have you spent much time on Magnolia Road? Uh, too much time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you want to tell people what what that one is? Yeah, so Magnolia Road's a famous road where um, I, I guess it kind of got its start. Well, maybe from like Frank Short and those guys, but I know CU yep. has uh, taken the team up there and done a lot of big, big long runs in the fall to get ready for cross country season. And um, yeah, on any given Sunday, you can go up there and there'll probably be 40 or 50 runners from all over the world out there training. And it's, it's a rolling dirt road. I say rolling, it's got some pretty <laughs> gnarly climbs and descents and um, you're sitting at, you know, anywhere from, I think 8,000 to 9,500 feet um, for most of the run. And, uh, you can make it pretty much as long as you want, but uh, most people go like seven miles out and seven miles back to Peak to Peak Highway. What are you What are you thinking about during a workout like that that you know it's going to suck? Yeah, <laughs> well, I've done it. I've done enough runs and workouts on that road to where I kind of know every little spot and and I expect when things are coming up. But the funny thing about that is. I can expect it all I want. And it still doesn't get any better every time I go out there. Yeah. So a lot of it is just like, you're kind of like, at least I'm just telling myself, okay, I'm just callousing the body. You know, I'm just making myself tougher. Like how easy is a course like, you know, black Canyon's going to feel where there, I know it's not going to be at this elevation. It's just going to be rolling and that sort of thing. So cool. Yeah. Where can we find you on uh, social media? Yeah, so um, on Instagram, my handle is at MattDaniels480, and um, same on Facebook, uh, it's MattDaniels480, same on Strava, MattDaniels480, and same on Twitter. So. Consistency, I love <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, thanks so much for chatting today, and uh, we'll be rooting for you in uh, uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, thank you. Of course. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.